You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. We could actually have fun. Who might, might okay. in the next hour? It can Hello. happen. Alrighty. Test, test, test. Blah, blah, blah. All right. All right, Will, you're on. Okay, super. Welcome to West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater on the West Coast. I'm celebrity publicist and Broadway veteran Will Armstrong, along with radio host and theater enthusiast Lara Scott. And we're coming to you from Los Angeles. La La Land. Will. OMG. Oh my God. I'm still just, I'm flying so high after seeing the bodyguard at the Pantages last week. I've got the stuff that you want. I got the thing that you need. Right? I love that you were like, woo, when the bare chested dancers came out during when the Queen of the Nights. I can't even get I, it, That show set me free. It was just amazing. It was incredible. Are you joining it? it Are you going to be on tour? I Are wish. I wish. It was so amazing. And I wanted to scream. I was losing my voice at that point, though. So I, I was very, very quiet. But inside, I was screaming. But, you know, this is one of those where when I first heard they'd made a musical out of the bodyguard I, I wasn't sure because I grew up with this movie the soundtrack was just it was everything um, and, and the songs are just so iconic in fact my friend Larry Morgan mm-hmm. from Kareth 101 here in Los Angeles is with us to talk about how important that soundtrack was before we jump into the play hey yeah. Larry hi everybody well, thanks welcome. I, I, I might have some qualms with the word important but no <laughs> it was it was huge it was a <laughs> massive success definitely yeah well you know what's funny is that remember Whitney was singing I will always love you and it had like, and I think I still remember exactly that 43 second cold intro where it's just her voice. There's no music. And I was working for a top 40 station in Portland, Oregon at the time. And they edited that to go to the part where the music started. And it was like pitchforks and torches and people coming to the station ready to take us apart because we messed with that. You know, and I also remember that, you know, MTV had started to kind of fade in its popularity. But that video, everybody seems to remember that video Mm because it uses clips from the movies. But it's got her, you know, sitting on a bench, I guess. And there's a winter scene. And then that whole big giant moment toward the end. Yep. Where there's a kind of a whole change in scenery uh, that actually kind of res- there was a resurgence in what videos were going to be doing around that time. So Absolutely, you're saying it saved MTV, and it and it stinks because it isn't an original song because mm-hmm. Dolly Parton originally recorded it that it wasn't even eligible for best song for the Academy Awards. It was Rob's. I, I was you. <laughs> but there were plenty Rob's. of other songs from there to, to be nominated. Yeah, well, it's supposed and, to be Dolly somebody. And yeah. they did pretty well. I mean, I think the last stat I saw, that soundtrack has sold since the movie came out in, what, 1992, mm-hmm. I guess? Uh, over, I mean, it's closing in like 50 million copies Absolutely. since it came out. That's so. crazy. You know, and Will made a great point after we saw it last week. He said it was like getting to see the movie again for the first time Absolutely. that we all love so much. And Larry, I hope you can get your butt over to the Pantages. I know you're on every night on Kareth 101, at Midnight yeah, in Los right, Angeles. Maybe Kareth I'll just take a whole night off just so I can see. The, is there a matinee? I'll see a matinee. There yeah, are there matinees, matinee. yeah. incidentally. And Jasmine, who we'll be speaking to later, does all of the performances as Nikki Marin. Yeah, she is the, she, regularly she oh. plays Nikki Marin. Oh, She's the sister. And then she, yeah, she Rachel. understudies Rachel and in all the matinees. Well, your uh, enthusiasm is infectious, and now I'm dying to go see it. What's and I wouldn't have said that maybe like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is so good. It, it is really so is good. so good. It's so much fun. It's like watching a music video. It's just absolutely awesome. So thank you so much, Larry. Sure. Larry Morgan, everyone. Thanks, right. Larry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Larry, yes. so you talk about how the soundtrack is impactful. Mm-hmm. It's so impactful that I was driving to uh, th- to record the show here and I was listening to my Whitney Houston songs to get to channel and to get in the right frame of mm-hmm. mind. And the cars to my left started moving. And I just started driving, and I rear-ended the person. No! <laughs> I, was in, no. I was in a small fender bender. Oh, no. Okay, so... Are you okay? She, oh, I'm totally fine. Okay, and the woman, the infinity that I hit in front of me, she got out, and she came over, and she was beautiful, and she was oh. smiling. And I was like, "Are?" You? she goes, let's pull over and exchange information. So I went over, we exchanged, and she was the nicest. And I, like, 
hugged her and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. Are you okay? And we looked and it just two little screw marks in her bumper. Oh, wow. Like, and that was it. And it was totally fine. And she's like, I'm going to show my husband and maybe we'll go to the body shop, but maybe we won't even. You just buff that out. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully everything. And so I had to tell my boyfriend that I had a small fender bender, but the, the car seemed fine. Well, Bill also loves the music of Whitney Houston. We were talking about how the greatest hits album is magical, so I'm sure he will understand. The only thing he loves more is that car. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck with that, Will. Thank you very much. Hopefully he's an understanding guy. All right, so let's jump into the play. Let's talk about sort of how this all got started. Absolutely. Well, the play premiered in London in 2012 and was nominated for four Lawrence Olivier Awards, including Best New Musical. And, you know, just like in the movie, in the play, Frank Farmer is a former Secret Service agent who is reluctantly hired to protect superstar singer Rachel Marin from an unknown stalker. And it's so funny because, as you know, each expects to be in charge, but what they don't expect is to fall in love. Swoon. I'm totally swooning right now. And I mean, you have Deborah Cox, you have Judson Mills, who used to be on my mom's favorite soap opera, As the World Turns, in the starring roles. And they're just beautiful people and so talented because when you're talking Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner, those are some really big shoes to fill. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And really quickly, while we're kind of comparing the film to the musical, I love that they added additional Whitney songs like uh, Saving All My Love For You, I Want to Dance With Somebody, One Moment in Time. So it was yeah. it, it was like a Whitney opera. It was. You know, it, it was it was such a great surprise, but it just worked perfectly. And it made me wish, uh, it made me miss Whitney of all course. over again. So yes. we are going to be chatting with Jetson Mills in just a few moments and Jasmine Richardson. Um, but first, let's talk about Deborah Coxwell. Oh, oh my gosh. I've been a fan of hers since I played all of her dance hits when I worked at a top 40 station in San Francisco in the late 90s. Like, remember her? Yes, of course. Yeah. And um, you know that she recorded all of Whitney's songs for that Lifetime biopic a little while ago. Mm -hmm. So she was the perfect choice for the role of the bodyguard. Yeah. Um, so she did a song, right? You oh, were yeah. telling me. I hadn't heard it, but it was Whitney and Deborah. You've somehow. never heard this song? Mm -hmm. oh, okay, What's so it called? Uh, it's same script, different cast. And it's mm -hmm. a duet with Deborah Cox and Whitney Houston. And it, it's it's like, I think it was before The Boy Is Mine with Monica and Brandy. Yes. So it's like, like two women singing. duets. Yeah. yeah. Or, oh, my God. Yeah. Or Does He Love You Like He Loves Me. Like those great songs of two women yeah. like battling over the same man. So yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Can we put that on our Facebook page? Absolutely. I will put it on the Facebook page okay, cool. so that people can enjoy because it's so good and Deborah's yeah. so beautiful. And yeah, because they were both Arista uh, recording artists. At yeah. The time. Nice. So of course they put them together. Exactly. And you know, I saw Deborah a couple of years ago. I didn't realize she had gone to Broadway because I wasn't totally into theater Ooh. back then like I am now. <laughs> and Jekyll and Hyde came to the Pantages and yeah. it was Constantine Maroulis. Yep. From American Jekyll Idol. And Hyde, yeah. From American Idol. And then Deborah Cox uh, playing the prostitute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ivy. She's so beautiful in that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, it, uh, she, and she's also been a friend to the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. I remember That's back awesome. in the '90s, my friend Cindy ja Sydney James, who's in Hamilton on Broadway now, and I'm so proud of him. Um, when we were just breaking into musical theater in LA, I mean in New York, we went at 4 a.m. to Earth, which was this dance club, just to see her. Say, uh, like she came out at four. In the morning. That was the 90s, right? Yeah, Nobody came on before 4 a.m., right? <laughs> the opening was, act. Yeah. And it was totally worth it, and she was so beautiful. So good. Yeah. But wait, we have to tell one of your stories. Can you tell the story that you told at dinner at Katsuya about oh. her song? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I used to uh, live in Japan, and I was mm -hmm. doing a, a show. I was a chorus boy in like a Vegas review in Japan, Japan. for nine months. And the cast, I mean, we were the only... English-speaking people, so we had to become a family, and most lots of times families can become disgruntled families that don't and always... a little dysfunctional. It just, yeah. Yes, and so I remember my mantra was uh, Deborah Cox's song um, "Nobody's Supposed to Be Here," but instead I would change the lyrics and I would look at myself in the mirror while I was putting on my makeup for the show, and I'd sing, "How did I get here?" 
I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> but oh, you yeah. got out finally. But I got out. Deborah inspired you. <laughs> yes. You got out and you ended up at the Pantages. Yes. And for opening night, I love you were going crazy because RuPaul was one row in front of us and like three seats to the right. And it was just so fun seeing the crowd it was and incredible. people just going nuts, just was, like you. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay, Philip so like, Block was there. there I feel like there was a definite uh, 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 a rift. There were people that were there to see a concert and people that were there to see a show. Mm-hmm. And like there was so. I felt because I was hooping and hollering yeah. and whooping and dancing. And people and like was, wanted to stand up. Yeah. But then there was also people that wanted to just enjoy and sit back and be entertained. And I mm-hmm. felt a little bit guilty that I was like losing my mind. But those voices and those lights and the, everything. And it just was, the, the staging. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you were at a rock concert because she, you know, Rachel is this pop star and movie star. And so just with the screens and the way it was staged they and the dancers. And, like really yeah. setting everything up so you understood. So in case if you were one of the five people that have never seen the movie The Bodyguard, mm-hmm. you would understand right away that she is the greatest star on earth. Like exactly. She, yeah. yeah, like she was basically Whitney Houston. Yeah, like exactly. Movie. There you go. Exactly. And uh, I wonder if Perez Hilton liked it. That was cool to see Perez Hilton. Yeah, sitting next to Megan Hilty. Yeah. So it's Megan Hilty and Perez Hilton. If Megan, they got married, what was it? Megan name? Hilty Hilton. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to get married. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to get married. But it was really fun to see them. <laughs> yeah. yes. We are so excited to welcome Jasmine Richardson to West of Broadway. Now, Jasmine plays Nikki Merritt in The Bodyguard, the musical, and is also the understudy for the role of Rachel. And when you see the play and you're going, okay, she's beautiful. She looks really familiar. You may recognize her from her campaign with Clinique Cosmetics or from her tours with Memphis and Dreamgirls. Welcome, Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. Yay. Thank you for having me. Hi. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I have to say, we both enjoyed you so much. And what was crazy is that we were there on opening night, mm-hmm. and to just mm-hmm. I was watching the show, of course, but I was also enjoying the people in the audience watch you all perform, and you just entertained everyone so much, especially... I mean, I just feel like you did such a wonderful job of getting the audience on your side and behind you and really rooting for your character. I just, you were so likable and so wonderful and so talented. Thank you so much. awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, and it was crazy. We went out to the lobby at intermission. We're like, who is the girl who is playing the sister? When you sang Saving All My Love for You and then you sang Run to You, uh, the duet with Mm -hmm. Deborah, how do you find that balance between being true to what Whitney Houston did and then you made those songs your own? It was incredible. Well, thank you so much. Uh, well, the key thing for me, my foundation was we always wanted to reference her because it really is like the show is like an homage to her, just to her work, her catalog. So, of course, you want to have a little bit of that that referencing point for people to connect to the song. But with my tone and just my timbre, I can't. It's just not, you know, my gift. But I do. I learned how to sing by listening to her, so it was easy to kind of go back and kind of reference her but still create my own sound with it, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. So it was really, yeah, it was such a challenge, yet it was exciting to kind of make it my own. So I'm, I'm sure. really excited about singing this music. I love this music. I never get tired of it. <laughs> it is so obvious that you love it because it just the your smile when you're on stage is just so radiant. And uh, it's my question for you is, you also during the matinees, you play the role. Um, uh, you you take over for Deborah and you play Rachel Marin. How hard is it for you to juggle back and forth to go between the two? Oh characters? my gosh! Thank you for asking that question. It is such a challenge, even now, because sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself. Sure. Because I, I will play her role in the matinee and then I'll come back and play my role at night, and so it's really tricky. 
um, especially in the beginning, but I've kind of figured it out now how to manage, and I just kind of review the lines before I go on. That way I don't switch them up. Yeah, yeah has that I, ever uh, happened? <laughs> where you're like, oh, wait, no, no wrong sister. <laughs> yeah. There's been one moment where I almost said something, and I realized it was her. <laughs> like, wow. And so I've caught myself in enough time to not, like, ruin the show. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I it's so it, it's such a great challenge. How lucky am I to be able to play both incredible leading women? So, yeah. you know. You just figure it out. Now, how did you get to be a part of this musical? Did they come to you? Did you audition? How did this all come about? Well, I auditioned. I flew. I lived in L.A., and I flew to New York. Um, and it was like a two-day process for me. Um, and I auditioned. And I think what happened was I know I was auditioning for Nikki, and they just kind of heard me sing and, and asked me to sing a few other songs, but I, I wasn't sure why. Okay. And then it kind of came out, obviously, during like when I got offered the role. Um, and the contract, it was like, we really want her to cover. So it kind of just worked out, whereas I thought I was just going to be like, just Nikki, or if I did cover, I wouldn't be necessarily first up. I would be, you know, maybe yeah. after a, a couple of other girls, but I wound up being, no, she's the one that we want to cover her directly. And so it just kind of worked out that way. I feel like you won the lottery because you get mm-hmm. to sing every single one of those songs. You're so I, lucky. Oh, my God. On Saturday, I sing the entire score of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And it's just, it's, I, 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 it's so funny because we often talk about here on Western Broadway how the, the unsung hero is the understudy mm-hmm. because you have to be so talented and so on your game. And when people open up and they say the role of so-and-so is going to be played by such and such, and they almost feel a little bit bummed, I'm like, you should actually be psyched because they are super talented and they're going to give you a show because they don't That's get to do. I feel, yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, I definitely get it as a, as a ticket holder, like you go and you buy a show knowing you're going to see a name. I totally get it. However, it's always such a surprise because that person that's been waiting kind of just to go on is just, they're there to give you 100%. They're rested. They're excited. Exactly. And you're going to get a great show. But I totally get it, like not seeing the person you, you know, initially had in mind. But you know what, Jasmine? But it I mean, works out. Yeah, I was going to say, get ready, because very soon the ticket holders will be buying Jasmine Richardson. <laughs> you're going to be <laughs> super involved. If you're not doing that real. It's okay. so crazy because I think it works in my favor that I get to be Nikki. Yes. So I have people oftentimes say, I want to come back and see you as Rachel. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely, I felt exactly, exactly that. And so we were yeah. sitting uh, in the center and I was watching the audience, like I said, and I, we were discussing right before we spoke to you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer people to watch the show like they're watching a concert or do you want them to be respectively sit there like they're watching a play? Ah. Uh. It's tricky because this music is so engaging and mm-hmm. everyone knows it already. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it when they are singing along. <laughs> and I kind of like it when it's treated somewhat like a concert. And obviously, with during the scene, you know, you respectfully, of you know, pay attention. But honestly, we kind of love the energy when they're like, oh my God, and they're singing along. Because it's, it's when it's used to. Yes. Well, Jasmine, I was sitting behind RuPaul and... You would swear that uh, RuPaul was in church. Like, it was just so fun to watch him watch you. It, it was, was grooving. Oh, oh, and in the second I act. I wish I could have met him. I didn't even meet him that night. Oh, my. Mom. He loved you. He absolutely loved you. When you walked, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but when you walk around the bed and you look, he screamed. It was so amazing. It was such a wonderful moment. And you handled it so perfectly. It was just I love the first act, but the second act was just, oh, my God. You know, when people say that, because, you know, obviously, they if, if you've seen the show, I'm not going to ruin it either, but if you've seen the show, they they know what's coming, and obviously, me as a character, I don't. 
and people are always like, oh, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like going through the motions, and I'm just like obviously trying to pretend like I don't hear them. <laughs> no, absolutely. So funny. But, uh, didn't somebody get kicked out of Hamilton recently for singing badly, loudly? Like somebody in the audience. I did not hear that. That was my because I wanted to sing at the bodyguard, but then I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out of the stage. Like you don't want someone to be disrespectful or distracting to other people who are watching the show. But like it's okay. Like there are a number of like up tempo songs where it's it's okay. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Maybe not the best, but like it's okay to just sing along. It's fine. Yeah. Well, how is that for you? You know, opening night in Hollywood at the Pantages, you're from L.A., so you know a little bit about the theater and the history and everything. I do. I mean, actually, I've been living here maybe a little bit over a year. So, but I knew what's funny about that is I came to see a show at the Pantages. I remember seeing the body sign and saying, oh, my God, I would love to come and perform at this theater. And, oh, my God, if I could only sing with you. I remember saying that and it's like, envisioning myself doing it and so it's so crazy a year later you're doing it like i'm living living my dream that is crazy. that is so incredible to hear and so inspiring to our listeners i'm sure um but when, so when did you first start singing i started singing as a child in church and um i was actually really really shy and the best way to get me to communicate was to kind of like you know play a little ditty and then i would make up a song or something like that mm-hmm. and so i started when i was really really young um and my parents used to my mother used to force me because i would sing all the time at home but get really shy in front of people and thank god for her kind of just like you know coaxing me and encouraging me and that's kind of how i started and then i remember specifically hearing the bodyguard the tape when the movie came out my mom was a huge whitney fan and i remember hearing that and i was like oh my god and then i saw a picture of whitney and being like oh my god she looks like me Mm -hmm. and i want to sound like that and i kind of just Wow. Fell into singing that way. What a very blessing! That I'm so happy yeah. for you to have this experience. Congratulations. Me too. Thank you. Has your mom come out to see you yet? Has your family been able? Oh my god! To of visit? course, they flew out when I was when we were in New Jersey when we opened. They flew out and they've been. They you know they live in Texas, so they've come out to New Orleans when we were there, and they'll be back and they're gonna see me in Texas. My parents have probably seen it like ten times already. <laughs> They haven't seen me go on for Rachel, but they've seen me as Nikki. Amazing. A and, lot. So. And what, just real quick, I follow you on social media, and you're beautiful <laughs> and hilarious. And that recent video of you and Deborah Cox harmonizing in the Instagram filter is so fun. If, if you're listening, you need to go check her out on social media. We'll post it on Facebook. It is so cute. Oh, my God. How is your relationship with Deborah? You guys seem like sisters. Really and truly, it's such a genuine relationship as far as, like, when I first met her, of course, I was like, okay, be cool. Don't say anything stupid. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm and I'm sure. one of those people when I get nervous, I put my foot in my mouth and I'll just make anything. And so I had to, like, literally not talk to her for the first couple of days. Except, like, hi. You know, and right. I just kept it easy. And then I just was being myself. If you watch me on Instagram, like, I have Insta stories. People are like, you are crazy. So I just was myself. And honestly, we just naturally get along. That makes and, me uh, so happy. we're both happy. cancers. We were born oh. in July. So that's kind of helped. And uh, we just have a natural chemistry and she's so fun that yes. is so fun outside of like obviously being deborah cox and having that whole like she's a star her, her the person she's so much fun like that's us really in that little video that is our personality that's so <laughs> cute and i love getting to see behind the scenes now like thanks to social media and everything you guys are so cute and just your chemistry with deborah your chemistry with judson too like i believe oh, i believe yeah. to all of it yeah Oh, my goodness. Thank you for saying I mean, I, I'm really, really close to Judson, 
she's just such a down-to-earth person. Like, they set the tone as I lead to the show, and they just came in so gracious, so loving, so giving and kind that our whole tour has been set. That's the know, way to do it. The energy. Yeah, because right. so right. much so much of the vibe hangs on the leads, like, to set the tone for the tour. Uh, because you guys are the traveling family. You don't get to go back home to your apartments in New York City because you're on Broadway or wherever. Like, so wherever you go, that's your family that you're traveling with. And for, Pretty much, and as, yeah. As someone who just went on a journey watching that show, like just to hear how wonderful the relationship is backstage makes me so happy. That's so great. That's good, because hopefully you're feeling it on stage. It's just yeah. genuine, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're glad it's fun for you, because that's an intense couple of hours. <laughs> like, watching that, there's some heavy <laughs> stuff going on. Oh, my gosh. And you know, Jasmine, we're about to wrap up, because we know you have to run. You're a busy girl. Uh, but we're going to be talking to Judson in a few minutes. Is there anything that we should ask him or that we could say, hey, we heard this about you, that ask we just him, blow away? Ask him about his warm-up. Okay. Ooh, that's <laughs> so good. Jasmine wants, wants you guys to hear him warm up. He has warm-ups that are Oh, awesome. Is he doing like theater? He doesn't come from a musical theater background. He's a TV film guy. So ask him about his warm up and um, his preparation for Top of Act 2 when he has to lay and be sexy in the bed. Oh, right. (laughs) All right. Well, Jasmine, we know you're super busy. So we um, want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. And we are all going to keep up with you on jasminerichardson.com. There's no E at the end of Jasmine, by the way. And. Um, you're at Jazzy underscore Sweet Thing on social media. So we'll be sure sweet to post. Thing. Sweet Thing. Sweet Thing. Sweet Thing. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you so oh much, Jasmine. Of course. Thank you, guys. Bye, Bye. now. Bye. That was wonderful. Love her. Oh, my God. She's so cute. <laughs> we we want to be BFFs with Absolutely. Jasmine. Yeah, she was amazing. Uh, yeah, I geeked out. I'm sorry. I totally geeked out. <laughs> I just got so like, she's so likable. I know and that smile, but and that's that voice. I mean, you come from the theater world, Will, and do you find that that people, not that people that are on TV or in the movies aren't, but just it feels like there's a difference sometimes with theater folks and then people in other areas of entertainment. Well, actually, I mean, just as a gypsy, and that's what we call ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as just like like I said, like your family is, it's. Decided by a people of a group of people that sit behind a card table one day and they randomly put people together because of their abilities and then they have to mesh like so you have to find common ground so you have to learn to be able to get along with all different kinds of personalities and because it's the theater they're big personalities yeah training for publicity yes you're doing now oh my gosh I couldn't do what I do now if it wasn't for what I learned as a performer well I'm so glad you're doing your publicist thing Will and uh, right now we're gonna see if we can get Jensen Mills on the phone oh my gosh Frank Farmer oh my gosh. Hello. Hey, Judson. Hey. Hey, this is Will Armstrong and Lara Scott from West of Broadway. How are you? Hello, hello. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to speak with us. We're just going to dive right in, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Well, we are thrilled to be joined by Frank Farmer himself, Judson Mills. Judson spent three years on As the World Turns and has done over 35 guest starring roles on TV, including Law & Order, The X-Files, and Westworld. He was a series regular on Walker, Texas Ranger and starred in The President's Man, A Line in the Sand. He has appeared in 20 feature films, including Mighty Joe Young and Gods and Monsters. Judson, welcome to West of Broadway. Well, thank you so much. That was a, an illustrious career. That was, that was incredible. We do our due diligence here. Can you believe you did all of that? And now you're back on stage. You majored in theater. You went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Did it feel great to get back in front of a live audience? Yeah, it's it's wonderful. You know, had I known how much work this was going to be, I probably wouldn't have signed up. But, you know, that's uh, in the past now. Wow, so how <laughs> much work These is theater it? folks are some hardworking people. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an incredible experience. It's been really challenging. It's been 
artistically rewarding. Uh, it's been overwhelming at moments, but um, I've, I, I like an opportunity to push myself and to rise to the occasion. And so, you know, going through the rehearsal process, there were certainly moments where I, I, I would come to my senses, if you will, and be like, wow, I wonder if I can actually pull this off. Um, but it's, it's, it's been an experience I would never trade. Uh, to be back in front of a live audience is really magical. Absolutely, to be in front of audiences this large is really ma- you know magical. I'm sure. Um, working with Deborah and these folks that are involved in this has been amazing. We've really got a great team, and despite the fact I'm, I don't do this on the reg, I'm acutely aware that there's something special going on. No, absolutely. And, and so, you definitely take on a lot when, uh, but did you? face the challenge like was playing Frank Farmer of playing it too straight because I feel like you do a wonderful job of that balance because mm-hmm. you pl- you play the straight lace bodyguard but you're still likable and lovable how did you find that balance you know that's probably the single uh most fundamental difficulty that I've had for this entire experience that um the thing about the movie is that cinema lends itself to a particular kind of um, stillness sure. and, and a particular kind of, of uh, silence that Frank Farmer, that embodies Frank Farmer. You know, you can say, you can have a character in a film that doesn't speak for almost the entire movie and still through the camera see what he's thinking, see what he's feeling, and tell what's going on emotionally. You can watch a journey take place in, in, this, in a character. On stage, it's not that way, it's different. And so to to embody what I believe Kasdan intended uh, for Frank Farmer, uh, to embody some of what Cosner did, to try to be true to the character and remain entertaining and still communicate with people in the mezzanine is profoundly challenging. And so it's been a process of, you know, trying things and it not working, trying things and it working, you know, settling on things. I started very still and very, um, um, what's the word, very simply with this character. And I sort of allowed the process and the relationships I developed with the actors in the show right now to start to color and um, enhance my you know, Frank's, my Frank Farmer's personality and the way that he deals with people and situations and things. And so along the way, Deborah and I have worked tirelessly and continue to work tirelessly after every show, trying to figure out what moments we think worked, what moments we think didn't. And I've tried to find a way to connect with something physically that still honors the stillness and the samurai kind of quality of Frank Farmer, but does express what I'm thinking and feeling when I talk and when I don't talk, uh, because my character is, is a man of few words for the most part. You know, I don't get a lot of dialogue to tell my story or to, uh, you know, deal with, with the other characters. Um, so you really kind of hit the nail on the head. With, with that challenge and that quandary of trying to make this guy, tra- trying to translate this process to the stage in a way that is entertaining and still communicates uh, with the audience, you know, verbally, vocally, as well as physically, uh, and, but stays true to the character. And I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. Oh, heck yeah. You know, Lawrence Kasdan came and worked with us, and that was invaluable and an honor and an amazing experience. Uh, so that was that was a couple of weeks ago, and that's been very helpful. 
But uh, kudos to you for picking that one out. That's, that's the like, one. Will, you asked the greatest question ever <laughs> in the history of broadcasting. That was amazing. No, yeah. You know, Judson, like, that, that was such a great answer, too. I love that you compared this character to kind of a samurai where you have you have that thing that's so hard to find, and it's presence. You were standing on the stage, and we all had our attention on you, and you weren't even saying anything. And you're surrounded by kind of these outrageous characters and these strong women. So, yeah, kudos to you for pulling that well, off. thank you. That's really kind of you. I, I, I appreciate the kind words, uh, and that's, you know, I couldn't hear anything better, quite frankly. I mean, that's that's really what, what you're trying to do is, is, is possess the moment and the space and fill the stage when you're standing still and saying nothing, as well as when you're given a chance to say something out loud and, and move around and be connected. You know, there's, a, there's not a lot of props and environment in this one. Um, there's some. But for the most part, you know, an actor gets his physical life from dealing with his surroundings, you know, with his environment. So, um, you know, in particular, being a film and television actor uh, or, or having been doing that part of, of acting for so long, I'm used to being in an environment that's, that's real, that, ha- that gives me everything that I need in terms of physical activity and, and moment-to-moment work in my environment. And so only having a few props or no props as is the case in a lot of this show has been very challenging so to continue oh, you, to tell the story you mentioned props and you mentioned samurai uh, mm. one of the things that I loved from the movie which I was wondering how you're going to tackle which didn't make it to the show was the samurai sword in like almost mm. the seduction part was there ever was there ever a time when they were talking about how are we going to work this into the show no, you know what? That, not to my knowledge. Now, keep in mind, this thing right, since was 2012. incarnated six years ago right. in London. So um, a lot of what they did in their process and in their tech and in their you know, workshops, I don't know if that was in the original script or, or you know, what was included. There's been you know, some changes and some things made to the script along the way. I know there's been stuff taken out. There's been stuff added. There's going to be some other changes, I think, ultimately made perhaps down the road. Wow. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a process. Since I've been on board, we never have dealt with the samurai sure. uh, sword or any of that. But there certainly has been a lot of the word samurai has been tossed around a lot during the process. Absolutely. And so, I mean, have has, uh, Kevin Costner come to see the show? Not not yet. No, not Excellent. to my knowledge. That, I, would, um, I would love I, – I think that he would really enjoy your performance. Mm-hmm. Be, because well, that's great. The, I appreciate that. It was, it's such a delicate balance because you have to have – make the audience fall in love with you and then have the two leading ladies fall in love with you. It's such a yes. huge challenge. But – and I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you on the phone, but like you're really, really great, and mm-hmm. we were really, really. Yeah. And and I know it's in jest, but and I was grateful that you got a chance to actually use your vocal prowess you too. You get to sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical yeah, after all. Everybody really likes that scene, and you know, it is the biggest scene. It is the scene that's most, you know, that that's got an actual sort of a of, of a, an environment to it, you know, and other characters, and so I think it's a really wonderful point amidst the Whitney Houston concert to to connect with some humor and to connect with some story, to connect with some personality. Uh, but I, I appreciate your your um, support on, on this one. It's definitely been challenging, and, uh, and I'm glad to hear that it's working. It's certainly always, as a leading man, a fine line and a challenge because you're, uh, you're trying to remain humble and unaffected enough that your viewer sees 
uh, in this particular case, Frank Farmer is sort of the through line to the show, and you see a lot of the show through his eyes and his perspective, you know, as I walk from one place to another on the stage and the scene changes or whatever. Uh, so you're trying to not to alienate any anyone, you know, and although he's supposed to be a tough guy and somewhat of a macho guy and an alpha male, there's always it's always very delicate because you can come off, you know, uh, cocky or you can come off full of yourself or narcissistic. It's easy to 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 um, to put off the men in the audience. You know, if you can if you can rope in the gentlemen and, the, and especially the younger gentlemen, uh, you got it made. You know, if you can, if those guys will trust you and and support you, then you you've done your job. And ironically enough, on a, on a, a little bit of a trivia side note, I the, the Chinese the uh, Japanese character on my chest, which I've had tattooed on over my heart for the last probably twenty years, is the Japanese character for Samurai. Wow. See, you were destined to play this role. <laughs> Ironically enough, isn't that something? That is incredible. That is really cool. Well, you know, uh, your co-star Jasmine is a huge fan of yours. We yeah. were just talking to her, and she said we had to ask you about your warm-up routine to get your voice ready for your big singing <laughs> scene, and uh, what you do to look all sexy in the bed like in the second act. So you can, maybe you can speak to that. Okay, so, so because it's been so many years since I've done any theater work and been on the stage, and because I've been you know doing film work and camera work where the – there's virtually no vocal warm-up or any necessity for any of that. I have this sort of ragtag, non-vocal warm-up that I do, which is just kind of like, la, 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 lo, 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 le, le, and I'll do all these kind of unconventional, really like sort of layman kind of uh, silly noises, if you will, to try to get my voice warm. Sure. And I've been doing it since the beginning, um, and everyone just, it thinks it's the funniest thing. They all make fun of me because it's completely unorthodox, and I don't know that there's any real, um, you know, technique at all to what I'm doing. But, if, uh, if an alien landed and had to yeah, contend, exactly. <laughs> I'm warming exactly. up. I'm warming up. Yes, yes. So it's always a, a light, a light-hearted moment before the show for everyone. They sneak by my dressing room and listen. I think they recorded it sometime. Yeah, can you put that on Instagram, please? Well, that's the thing. That's it's... a good one. I should, right? Yeah. I should. They should. Yeah, we should do one of those. Your entire yeah. cast is so much fun to observe on social media. Like, it's 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 clearly such a, a tight-knit group of wonderful yeah. people. And we're so grateful to have Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all these and Facebook so that we can keep up with you and just and, and continue this relationship because everyone got invested through that two and a half hour yeah, production. Yeah, we're involved now. Well, we're emotionally invested <laughs> yeah, in this now. Say, you know, that's a great point. I, I, that's a really great point. Um, and that's something that social media, I think, really is wonderful for. You do get a sense of, of you know, who these characters are as, as people. You know, you get a sense of us as, uh, you know, for who we are as human beings and the things we like and don't like and our sense of humors and, and all that, what we're doing in our personal lives. And so that is a really nice kind of a, an, an addition to all this, you know, when the bodyguards come into your town or any show or whatever, you know, you can get to sort of know people uh, so that when you see them, yeah, you are a little more invested and feel like you've got a friend up on stage or something like that. And we're lucky. This this group has been really tightly, lit, uh, tightly uh, knit from the beginning. Uh, Deborah and I really tried to make an effort from, from the first day in rehearsal of – uh, setting a tone of inclusion and of equality. We've really tried to um, embrace the whole cast as an ensemble and tried to support, you know, the fact that we all succeed together. Absolutely. And this is our show and really tried to get away from 
there being any delineate, delineation between the stars or the principals and the rest of the cast. And I think it's... Yep. Everybody's it's rowing the boat together. Yes, that's right. And so <laughs> we do things together all the time. Uh, we, we get together. Uh, I'm having a party at the at, uh, at a place in town that a friend of mine owns, uh, owns tomorrow. For There's four or five of us who have birthdays this month, so we're going to get together, and there's a band, and everybody will go. Um, so... We're constantly sort of taking turns hosting things and trying to get people together. And, uh, and it makes being on the road and, and doing this for such a long period of time much easier to palate. Well, your you life know? doesn't stop just because you sign up for six months to do a tour. It's like, And it's about experiences and stuff like that and making it something that for the rest of your life, your entire cast will look back and just be like, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. So good for yeah, you. I agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really magic you know, experience. Sometimes you hear... You know, people talk about movies or, or shows or things after the fact, and you'll hear them say in interviews, yeah, we knew from day one that we were really involved in something special. And I have to be honest, this is one of those moments. That's so nice. From the word go, when Deborah and I met, uh, you know, the way that this came together uh, for her and for me and then, and then the experiences and the group that we were able to put together, uh, we knew from the beginning that there was something special going on. You know, my friend Alex Dinaleris is my college roommate. Oh, wow. Yeah, we went to college at Barry University together and and stayed up late in the theater drinking Coors Extra Gold, talking about winning Oscars and and going (laughs) to Broadway. And when they could not cast the bodyguard in this this show, after a year and a half or two years or whatever they'd been looking in London and New York, they were going to hire somebody. Uh, And uh, my understanding is, you know, it was kind of a, well, I guess, you know, we'll hire him because we're not, you know, and so Alex was like, no, hold on a minute. Okay. And I uh, was coming out to LA to pitch a show for somebody and uh, gave me a call. And so he goes, listen, I, would you want to travel? And uh, he said, the bodyguard doesn't sing, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, we got together and put some stuff on an iPhone and uh, they made me an offer like the next day or something. So, it was all very inspired from the beginning and, and very interesting. It's a very special process. And God bless the iPhone for that yes. because you're so you know fantastic. I mean? yes. Exactly. You know? But, yes. And the fact that the two women have their roles, they have the music of Whitney Houston that they can reach out and grab every single person in their seat. And you don't have that luxury and you still are able to do that and to connect with the entire mm-hmm. Pantages Theater. is just incredible. And so I just applaud all of you for a wonderful performance and I encourage everyone to yes. either see it at the Pantages while it's here or see it in your town. Yeah, when, it's going to be a sacred storm. We'll talk about exactly. those dates in a minute. Yeah. And Judson, we know you have a show to get ready for tonight. So uh, yep. happy early birthday. So your birthday was this month. So yes, enjoy. Thank you so much. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's oh. the birthday. Excellent. Thank you. Wow. I appreciate it. Happy birthday. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're so oh, thrilled for you with pleasure. this. It's been my pleasure. And wherever you may be, Get up and come out and get bodyguarded, folks. <laughs> there you go. He's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, every social media platform, you're at Judson Mills, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Please. And I do my best to try to interact with people. No, and, and you tweeted directly to me, and, and I, I called that Lara, and I was like, Lara, he's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I try to do my best to connect with everybody. I appreciate the support, and it's it's really uh, it's overwhelming and very humbling to, to see how people respond and to hear what people have to say. So I appreciate all the support and everybody's uh, coming out and, and uh and hanging with us. Well, wonderful. wonderful. Thank you so much, Jensen. Take care and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. 
Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Oh my gosh. That Nicest incredible. guy in the entire world. That and was Jasmine. So nice. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Okay, so uh, I think we have to start to wrap things up, but Will, you're like bouncing out of your chair. So I just want to uh, thank Judson so much for mm-hmm. taking the time to speak with I us. Know. And thank you to Jasmine Richardson for calling in too. I'm just so thrilled that we got to see the bodyguard, and it's at the Pantages until May 21st. Yes. Oh my gosh. And for tickets and for more information about the bodyguard here in LA, you can visit the official website for the Hollywood Pantages. Pantages Theater, hollywoodpantages.com forward slash The Bodyguard. And you can also check out thebodyguardmusical.com. And by the way, the show will be in Orange County in Costa Mesa at the Sagerson Center for for the Arts uh, starting on May 30th. And... Are you going down there? I'm going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be there on Tuesday, May 30th. I'm going to see it again. I want to go drag with you. With me. I know. I know. I, and I feel like there's so many things that you'll pick up the second time seeing it again. So while you're online checking out all this bodyguard goodness, visit us at westofbroadwaypodcast.com to check out some of our other eps and like us on Facebook at Will and Lara. Yes, exactly. Will, I have nothing. 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 Without no, <laughs> I want to run to you. Yeah, we're gonna leave. Okay, let's let Deborah Cox sing us out for That's real. Her rendition of "I Want to Dance with Somebody" from her new EP "I Will Always Love You" available on iTunes. And will I will always love you in this podcast? Thanks so much for joining us here on West of Broadway. I'm Lara Scott, and I'm Will Armstrong. And if you're looking for us, you can find us just west of Broadway. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.